Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome aboard Must Read Alaska, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. Now, this is a reader-driven and a listener-driven conservative news project launched in 2015, and next month, we're celebrating our first six years. What do we do here? We have a news site at www.mustreadalaska.com. It's all about Alaska for Alaskans, and we keep the mainstream media on their toes. We have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday newsletter with updates and special items you won't read anywhere else, not, in, not even on the website. And so we cover news from Ketchikan to Barrow. And we have Club MRAC, and that's the daily legislative bulletin. It just is on legislative news. So that's kind of a special specialty for people who are really political nerds. And if you'd like to, to subscribe to those, go to mustreadalaska.com and just sign up with your favorite email address that you're using for your, um, your newsletters. We've got a YouTube channel and we feature political content there. And you can also find us on Rumble. I'm Suzanne Downing and my co-host John Quick is taking the day off. But today we are really happy to be joined by Dave Bronson, who's candidate for Anchorage mayor. And we're just so happy to have you on the show, Dave. Thanks, Suzanne. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, you know, what we're about here, Dave, and, and I know that you've been reading Must Read Alaska for a long time, so you're, mm -hmm. you're familiar, but for those who are new, the core of this project has always been, it's been a project, it's been better leaders and better policies incrementally. We're not expecting things to happen overnight. We're not expecting miracles, but, but we're, what we'd like to see is over time, we'd like to see Anchorage and Alaska and all the communities in Alaska get better leadership and implement better policies. Now, there are three somewhat conservative running for the Anchorage mayor and at least three liberals. We've got 14 candidates. And today the ballots went in the mail. So this election is officially on. And I really appreciate you taking the time out on this day to be with us. And I it just wanted my to, yeah, and I just wanted you to get to talk about your bio a little bit and let our listeners, and we have listeners. I was talking to somebody yesterday who was a truck driver, and I met her at, at your fundraiser. She said, Oh, I listen to your podcast while I'm driving the truck around town. And so, um, I, but for those who aren't familiar, do tell us a little bit about where you came from, where you were born and raised, and, and kind of how you got to Alaska. Oh, okay. Well, um, I was <clears throat> born and raised in uh, Superior, Wisconsin. It's uh, literally uh, right next to Duluth, Minnesota. It's on, I grew up spending a lot of time on the beach on Lake Superior, uh, both fishing, hunting, and, uh, and, uh, and, and camping, actually. So, uh, uh, I went from there. I, I, I spent most of my life working in a lumber yard, and then I wound up uh, going away to school in uh, University of Wisconsin at Madison, uh, where I graduated in 1981. Um, uh, I, I, uh, to back up a bit, I came from a fairly big family, five uh, siblings kind of spread out over the years. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We're all still very close. Um, so anyways, fast forward to college, graduated from college uh, with an economics degree and then agricultural economics to be specific. And then I went uh, off to uh, Arizona to the Air Force, uh, 
Uh, got my wings there, went through a few airplanes, flew the, uh, on active duty, the uh, B-52, the B-1, um, and then moved, uh, got into to the uh, airline business. And the airline back then was Northwest Airlines, which sent me up here to Anchorage in 1991 for a two-year commitment, which has turned into 30, uh, which is good evidence that I don't do public math well. Um, uh, we, uh, we've raised our kids here. This is our home. Uh, we've raised our two kids here. We've got two kids. Katie's a PhD student in uh, biochemistry. Uh, and, uh, and my son is a commercial pilot out at uh, Ted Stevens International. And uh, my wife, Deb, and I, we've been married 36 years. Uh, we intend on growing old in this city. And, uh, and that, that kind of drives while I'm, why I'm running. I never thought of it, it never crossed my mind to be a politician. I've always been conversant in local politics and national politics, because I think a good citizen needs to be that. But I, uh, the notion of, of, of running for politics never even crossed my mind. And then this last summer, uh, things got so bad in the city. Um, I made mention around some friends that, you know, if I didn't have this airline job, uh, I'd run for mayor. And uh, lo and behold, a few weeks later, the company offered me a early retirement. I took it. And then they, they called me back and says, well, uh, what about that? And I says, okay, I'll, uh, I'll put my hat in the ring. We'll try to fix the problems. I'm not here because I want to be a politician. I'm here because I want to fix the problems. Right, and you you do not have all those um, all the political trappings. You've you've not really been in elected politics before. You haven't served on the assembly like no. some of the candidates have, and so this is a just a citizen stepping up to do the right thing. Sounds really interesting. So you have a degree in, in economic in economics with an agricultural focus, mm -hmm. and yet you went to the Air Force and flew B fifty twos and B ones, and now you are. Uh, commercial pilot, semi-retired, it sounds like. And well, I'm completely, I, I, I didn't add in September, uh, I did retire. So I'm, com I'm completely retired. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, so I dropped by your fundraiser last night and I, I had to park way down the street. I was really surprised. Of course, maybe I could have gotten there on time, but a lot of people were circling, looking for places to park. And they, uh, I think a couple people just finally gave up and left because it was just so hard to find any place to park. But I found something and I walked in and everybody's having a nice time. And people were in wonderful spirits. And uh, everybody said to me, Dave's going to win. Dave's going to win. And um, yeah, it's a big fundraiser. And I, I don't want to mention how many people were there because, of course, we've got the code enforcers breathing down all of our necks. But I, I was I was thinking that for every person that was there, many of them from the construction industry and from um, just private private sector, or they own shops, or they they work in in offices in the private sector. But for every one of them, they're like fifty municipal workers, and I don't know how the municipal workers are going to vote. But um, are are all the muni workers going to swing for Forrest Dunbar? Do you think? Well, I I, I I'll have to disagree there. Um, we we get a lot of feedback from municipal employees, and quite frankly, my opinion is is that I know it seems popular at times to pick on government workers. Um, uh, that's not me. Uh, we've got some great muni workers, uh, like a lot of them in this city. And, and I, I'm not about to go out and disparage <coughs> excuse me, these people for, uh, for working for the city. In fact, I applaud them. Uh, we are getting feedback from them. And, and uh, 
even at the highest levels of, uh, of muni government, that they're very frustrated with how things are going because the city is being mismanagement. And these professionals, they, they understand it. And they're like anyone else. They want to get in, do the job they're trained for, and advance the city. These same muni employees, they see um, the vagrancy on the street. They see the crime. In fact, as they work, some of them work downtown, they see it more than than we do, and they want a good anchorage. So um, I, I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm not worried about the muni employee um, just voting for uh, for my for my presumed opponent going into the runoff. Um, I, I think we're we're going to make a good a good run at those people. <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, we're going to make a good run at those people. And I and I think they're they're of like mind with me. That's really interesting to hear you say that because we have a, a, a city that is you know, full of government workers and nonprofit workers and those people are and then teachers and so forth and they they all have um, they all have unions that encourage them to vote and encourage them to vote in a certain way and put out mailers and uh, flyers and also uh, emails to them encouraging them to cast their ballot in a certain way and so it's a big lift for the private sector voter to try to you know overcome that and and to um you know to try to get somebody in office who is going to really try to build up the private sector economy and honor the people who are actually paying the bills which are right. the private sector economy right. owners and and operators we have to yeah and we have to remember that their their citizens too their their property taxes are going up uh they see the crime as we mentioned they see the the vagrancy they want the problems solved, but they also have to keep an eye on on what's going to happen to their jobs. And uh, quite frankly, we're all in trouble, or most of us are anyways, if we don't get these systemic problems fixed in the city. All of our jobs uh, can be in jeopardy, and I'm not trying to scare folks. I'm just trying to present a reality here that if we don't get off this path that we're on right now, and it's a leftist path, let's call it an extreme leftist path that that doesn't lead to what some some people would call that comfortable socialism of 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 say Germany or France or or the Scandinavian countries. That what the path that we're on leads from Anchorage to Seattle to the Chaz Zone. It leads to L.A. to San Francisco, and it winds up someplace, and it's called Venezuela. <laughs> and um, and I I firmly believe that that's the the worldview many of these. Um, folks on the assembly and former mayors, <coughs> current mayors, I believe that's what they subscribe to. Um, they're, they're not evil people for that. I think they're just simply wrong. And, and part of a campaign is to convince the voting public that they are wrong. And, and the path that we used to be on, the path that leads to prosperity and clean streets and, and low crime, uh, the way we used to run the city, uh, that's the path that when I say a clear new direction, that's the direction. We know how to run this city. We know how to run it well. And we've just gotten off the right path and jumped on to this something I don't recognize. I don't recognize my city anymore. You know, right. if you would ask me a year ago if if um, if the local government would uh, be closing our small businesses, forcing them to be closed, if they were closing our sports arenas if, and, and sports facilities, <clears throat> if they would have been closing our churches, never, I would have laughed at you, you know, 12, 14 months ago. I'm not laughing anymore. This got real serious real fast. And quite frankly, too many of these people on the left, this extreme left, not, not old school Democrats, but on the extreme left, 
um, they've got a taste of power that quite frankly uh, has created an appetite that scares them. So, so let's talk a, bit, a little bit about what your top worry is about Anchorage and how you intend to address it, because I think that's what people want to know is we see the decline of our city. We see how uh, poverty is starting to become the new norm for so many people. And we have homelessness and we have, mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of crime, we have a lot of vagrancy. And what is your top worry and how can you address it? Well, I, I, I can't say that I have just one uh, because opening the city, ending these mandates so that our small businesses, medium and even large business can get, get back to the business so that these business owners and managers can run their businesses the way they see fit, not the way um, uh, a half a dozen people on the assembly or the mayor's office think they should run it. Um, uh, opening the city is the single biggest thing that we have to do. And, you know, and the new mayor takes office July 1st. I'll do that day one. Also, um, <clears throat> we have a vagrancy problem. Um, we, we tend to kind of bunch it as a or, or combine that with this notion of homeless. We have a homeless problem. And that's about 2,500 to 3,000 people. We have a vagrancy problem. That's the people we see misbehaving on the street. Those people, that's about 150 to 200 people. That's what the experts tell me. Um, that problem needs to be dealt with completely differently than the homeless or the newly homeless, say the young mom who's, who was a waitress and, and life was going pretty well. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, the assembly the mayor's um, shut down her business. She lost her job. Now she's worried about simply taking care of her kid or her family at home. And that's a very understandable um, concern. And certainly with things like rent support, we can help these people and we, we must. But the people that are misbehaving on the streets, um, the, the, the people that don't, don't want to go into a treatment facility program, and they're doing things on the street, quite frankly, that should always be done behind bathroom doors. Um, that, that's a different problem, and, uh, and it needs to be dealt with completely differently. And, uh, and that's the problem that is creating the economic difficulties as far as redevelopment of downtown. No developer is going to come into downtown as long as there's people living on the streets. It's just not no. going to happen because the return on investment is just not there. And um, so we've got to deal with that. We've got to deal with the crime throughout the entire city, not just downtown, but particularly downtown, because the tourists, when they're sitting on their computer mate and saying, hey, <laughs> I get off the airplane or I get off the boat and I want to see how many days I want to spend in Anchorage, and they're seeing vagrancy boarded up stores, uh, they're seeing people, you know, vagrants sleeping on the street. They're going, yeah, I think I'm going to do the bypass. I'll go from Seward to the park or to Fairbanks or something like that. Um, that that's got to be interrupted because we got to get back in the tourist business. And, uh, and until we get the vagrancy issue solved and the crime issues uh, dealt with effectively, uh, that's not going to happen. Right. And, and it's not just businesses that don't want to you know, redevelop downtown because a, a business owner takes a look at that and says, I can't solve this by myself. This is this takes this is going to take all of us together. But many of us who live in Anchorage, we don't want to go downtown either. And we just avoid it. We're, we're kind of midtown and south. And that's kind of what we're, we're trying to do is live our lives outside of, this, of the core of the city. For those of you who haven't been downtown Anchorage for a while, it is shocking what has it happened is. to it. And this is all under the current administration. 
um, the Berkowitz administration, which is now the Berkowitz, you know, 2.0 kind of administration under Austin Quinn Davidson, who's simply a caretaker, an eight-month caretaker, allowing things to continue to decline because, you no, know, well, because they they didn't want to have an election and, and come up with an interim mayor that had any kind of power. Well, homelessness, people talk about it. You talk about the the difference between the um, acute homelessness of the say the the waitress or the waiter who's lost his job and can't support his children and needs shelter right away, or maybe mm -hmm. a, a, an abused mother or something who needs shelter. Um, then there is also the vagrant problem. You talked about the, that situation being a, a fairly small contained group of people, but boy, they, they, they cause an awful lot of trouble. Um, what can we do? What is actually doable? Because we, right now we've got them down in the Sullivan arena, I believe. And we, they're trying to space out people in the shelters. So they're using Sullivan Arena. I remember when they opened that up, they said, this is just temporary. It's only for a, a couple of months. Well, it's a year now. Mm -hmm. So what are you oh. going to do about uh, that? I mean, <clears throat> getting, getting those, those facilities back into um, the hands of the public and so that we can use them for what they were intended? Well, once we open up the city and the mandates is what happens is these, these, requirements that you have to have all the spacing goes away and we can get back to closer to what we used to be normal as far as how many people are going to be in the other facilities that that you know api can open up to a larger capacity uh brother francis see they're all restricted and that's what's driving this um, um certainly as more newly homeless come online the people have lost their jobs that makes it more diff difficult but many of them we can help through like like i say we can we can cover their rent we can support them until the jobs come back but then again guess what the jobs themselves are tied to these closures that the this assembly mm -hmm. did to us and this mm -hmm. uh and and these mayors did us they closed the jobs which caused homelessness uh newly homeless to to ramp up now we've got to deal with that and we've got to simply reverse that get back to normal and then the um the a uh, lot of the organizations that provide the beds and shelters uh, they can expand their facilities to greater capacities and because we have to get the Sullivan open. We've got to get the Ben Boki area completely cleaned up so we can get our kids back playing hockey. Um, that That's to me that that's essential because that's part of our culture. And uh, and especially in, in Anchorage here, we're a hockey town and these kids need that. Um, so, again, first and foremost, and the mandates, the vagrancy deal with the crime. We also have to build uh, part of the homeless issue is 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 caused by lack of affordable housing that's there's five causes of homelessness in the world and that's one of them well guess what we're we're making it very difficult to build homes in anchorage the builders are kind of flooding with their future customers are flooding now to the valley people are trying yep. to escape anchorage both the builders and the homeowners or the home builders and we need to interrupt that process and, and entice people to start coming back or to remain in Anchorage. And uh, I, I can't tell you the number of people that told me, you know, that I've met when I, as I go door to door and, and as I uh, go through fundraisers, this is if you don't win, we're, we're leaving the city and we might even lose, uh, leave the state. That's, that's unacceptable. I mean, th th this town is kind of the jewel of, of Alaska and, and we've just dumped all over it and created a situation where people actually want to move out just to get away from the, the local politics. Yeah. I, I, I'm stunned. And that has yeah. to be, we need to get back to center-right politics. The political need, needle needs to swing back to the middle of the center-right. 
And because that's where good governance comes from, that's where good policy comes from. And at the end of the day, we live or die under, under the policy. But if you don't put the right people in power, you're not going to get good policies. And that's why we need a clear direction, a clear new direction, which I intend to bring to this city. Well, that's uh, that, and all that's very encouraging to hear. But, you know, it looks like Forrest Dunbar is probably the one who is going to advance from there's a sort of a primary election and then there's a general election we know that we've got a runoff coming because we have 14 right. candidates on the ballot right. and so so there's going to be a runoff but uh, it looks like Forrest Dunbar who's the assemblyman on um, on the Anchorage assembly he started his political career running for congress got his name recognition and then moved to assembly and now he wants to be mayor and this is part of his trajectory for his political career very, very committed to his leftist beliefs. And mm -hmm. uh, he's got a, a strong base from the far left. Uh, I think that he's kind of a, a Bernie type leftist. But, you know, we've also got 13 people on the ballot besides him, yourself included. How is it that you are the best person to face him in the general election, which will come, I mean, sorry, you'll have to tell me what day it's going to come. It's, it's uh, the April, first week. April 6th is the general election. The runoff will be roughly 30 days later. Well, yeah, what I mean is primary is, is April 6th, and then the, the, the general election is like the first week of May. So, well, um, let, 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 let's be clear. There is no such thing as a runoff. We need to be right here. Um, there, it, it, there is an, a general election. It's just an election in Anchorage. And then uh, the, the, the charter prescribes that if no one gets 45% of the vote plus one vote, then there is a, um, there is a runoff. So it's, yeah. it's general election and runoff. So anyways, right. I'm sorry. So, so how is it that you're the best person to take on this guy from the radical left, this Forrest Dunbar, who's got very strong um, political ambitions to probably advance? He probably wants to go back and run for Congress again. How is it that you are the one who can face him in the runoff? Well, I think the, the question begs the answer in the sense that, you know, even Forrest Dunbar today in the ADN, uh, there was a nice article written about him, and he says, I am the one to beat. And the polling, uh, there's been a couple polls out, uh, which says um, that I'm, I'm the guy that he has to beat. He and I are tied roughly at 20% in these two different polls. The polls came out with the almost the exact same numbers. So there's Forrest at 22%, me at 20%, and then all the other candidates are 8% and below. So at, at two and a half weeks out or so, three weeks out, we're, uh, it's going to be a tough, uh, so it's, it's not that, why am I the right one? It's because to beat Force Dunbar, it's because I am the one to beat Dunbar because I'm, I'm the, the only one, I'm going to be the only one facing him uh, in May. Yep. So, and, uh, and so as, as, as you started out there on the campaign trail, you're talking to people and You've, you've spoken all over the city, uh, all over the community to mm -hmm. different community councils. What are you hearing from the people of Anchorage? What are their, what are their frustrations? What are they telling you they, that you need to work on? Well, they, we need to work on, on everything. Um, uh, you know, I liken this and I even say this in some of my stump speeches. I say the city is like a great big onion. You start pulling it back and every layer is rotten. Now, there's certainly good departments and good areas that are being run. I think AWWU is doing a good job. There's, there's others. I think our road maintenance does a, does a pretty good job. But boy, the port is, is broken in a lot of ways. It's not managed well. And it's certainly physically, from an engineering perspective, it's broken. And it could be in the next earthquake, not just broken, but a disaster. 
uh, half of our food comes through the port or half of everything that comes into Alaska comes through that port. So we feed this, the state essentially uh, through that port and we've got to get a fix going. So one of the uh, one of the ways I'll address that is I'll look at this lawsuit, this $320 million lawsuit that we're trying to uh, uh, sue uh, Marine um, admin for the federal government we need to get that resolved. I don't know right now if going forward with the lawsuit is the best way or ending the lawsuit and then and then asking the federal government and the state to come in and help us with this port. All I care about, um, I don't care how we got here, all I care about is that that port gets fixed and it gets fixed. That process starts uh, real quick. And so of that, that's one of your that's one of your top top um, focuses for the economic revitalization is to get that port going again well as far as top economic if if we don't have an earthquake we we might be able to coast a little bit, bit with ah. the port operating is but that's uh, we can't no no sane person would say that the port has to be dealt with for economic stimulus it's like i've, I've been saying it's it's open the mandate and let these small businesses uh get back to work certainly there's um we're going to be reaching out for whatever federal money is available uh, to stimulate the, uh, these, these businesses that have been shut down. And I've committed personally um, that if elected mayor, I'll rebate to the, those businesses that were shut down, uh, I'll rebate to them that portion of the property taxes for when they were shut down and we'll, we'll, we'll refund them the fees and penalties they were, they were um, assessed by the assembly and by the municipality for violating these, what I believe are illegal mandates. Uh, we spoke about that earlier. Um, uh, that, that's that's all part of an economic stimulus plan because, quite frankly, the big box stores, which I use regularly, have done very well in this. Their share prices nationally um, reflect that. But our small restaurants, our small businesses, they were unable. They were targeted, and quite frankly, local government picked winners and losers, and the losers were the small, medium-sized businesses that, uh, for whatever reason, I, I don't know why the left these radicals um, like Forrest Dunbar or Chris Constant and others, why they don't like them, but talk about incompassionate. Um, and, and then when someone like me comes in and says, I want to rebate them part of their property taxes, I'm looked at as an extremist and they say it can't, done, so it can't be done. So they, they're telling us then that, oh, we can always take taxes, but we, we can never help you back or help you recover um, from the predicament we put you in. Yeah, and you know, that, and I, that's and an I, immoral. I, that's an immoral uh, position. And I, I remember going to Midtown to a little flower shop that I like to go to, and I like to go pick up a fresh bouquet of flowers, and and I like to support the small businesses in Anchorage. So I right. could always go into Cars. They have a big flower shop in there, and that's fine and well. But, um, but I wanted to to buy flowers from a small store. And you know, sure enough, they had closed down because Mayor Berkowitz had closed all of the small businesses down and left the big businesses open. And right. um, they were never able, that flower shop that I used to patronize has never been able to reopen since. It just crushed them. It's just heartbreaking. And, I, and you seem to have uh, some great depth of thinking about these problems that we're facing. And you certainly have the strength of heart for this work. And I want to thank you for stepping up to run for office because it, it's really hard to do. You take a lot of, of punches from people when you run for office. And then when you serve in office, people are typically pretty critical, but where can people find out more about you and your candidacy? 
Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, our campaign, uh, you can find us at bronsonformayor.com. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, but again, bronsonformayor.com. You can reach us there, you can support us. We're in the final stages of this campaign. Certainly we need money, but we also need volunteers. You can contact the campaign and volunteer. We're doing phone banking and we're doing neighborhood walking. I, I, I neighborhood walk about every two days and uh, it hit personally, my wife and I have hit a lot of doors. Great so exercise. We appreciate all the help we can get, that's for sure. We're here to win. And we're gonna we're gonna bring it in the next two three weeks. Here we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna execute on the plan. Yeah, the well, ballots are in the mail, and now's the time to execute. Well, thank you very much for being a part of our show. And I just want to let our listeners know that you can tune in midweek for the Must Read Alaska podcast, also, and that's always up by Thursday morning. Scott Levesque is our host of that show. He always has interesting things to say and great great guests as well. If you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska. Thank you so much. It makes this possible to stand up for what's right in Alaska. And if you'd like to support the conservative side of the news, just hit the donate button on the right side of mustreadalaska.com. Your support helps us keep this project strong, independent, thoughtful against that big blue wave of liberal activist media that we all know too well. So thank you so much for being on our show, Dave Bronson. Thank you. And until next week, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Alaska.